super grateful for the way that you enrich our lives, the people that you put in our lives, and uh, this opportunity to have a little send-off for Tomoko. Father, I pray as she heads back to Japan that uh, you watch over her, you help her to develop great relationships in the uh, community that she's in, and that she'll be able to usher many into your kingdom as she heads off as an ambassador uh, for you, Father. Father, a special prayer for her husband, too. I know that uh, language was a bit of a barrier while he was here. Uh, I pray that uh, as... She uh, heads off into this new endeavor, uh, this new life, this new chapter of her life, uh, that this will be the very situation, Father, that you planned all along so that her husband would be able to become a disciple of yours as well. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This evening, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a look at the cross, but not in the realm of the way we normally do it within our study, in that I think one of the things that... I know happens with me, it may or may not happen with you, we have all kinds of incredible ways of connecting when it comes to what Jesus has done for us personally. Obviously the Bible first and foremost with the Passion account, uh, as well as the medical account of the cross, and in this day and age there's all kinds of videos out there floating around that obviously portray what Jesus has gone through us for us personally, but I think as with the media, and as with so many things that we go through today, we can kind of lose sight of the impact that the cross initially had in our lives. And when we think about the good news, ultimately the good news is the cross. Knowing the implications of what took place at Calvary, and without that cross, there would be no good news. Jesus' resurrection from the dead is something that was talked about over and over again in the first century church. We see it throughout the letters uh, to the early church. So tonight, as we kind of move forward with our study, just kind of keeping that in mind, uh, we're going to be talking about the cross of Christ and the power of God. <clears throat> you know, uh, just real quick while we get the slides up here. When you think of the cross personally, what comes to mind for you? I want to open it up for just a few responses here. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Amen. George? Tremendous love. Tremendous love. Lisa? Self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. Opportunity to change. Amen. Amen. And you know, and this is the thing that's so cool about the cross. It represents something different to each and every one of us, but ultimately it is the thing that unifies us. Amen. So we're going to be uh, obviously continuing with our transformation, transforming step study. Purpose of obviously getting together and being able to go through these is what we've been talking about through the studies to solidify, unify, multiply, and edify. Amen? Amen. So, again, the cross of Christ, the power of God. We're going to start out in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. You know, as we go through the book of Acts, taking a look at the history of the early church, the central message of the book of Acts, again, was God sending his son to be crucified for our sins. You know, we see the incredible response to that in Acts 2, and that there were 3,000 people that were baptized into the name of Christ after they heard the message that was preached there by Peter. And then we know the response of the people at that point in time after they heard the message and understood the significance of who Jesus Christ was, what he represented, what he did for them. The response was, what do we do? You know, as we continue to go through the book of Acts, Christ crucified, again, is the main image throughout when it comes to what the church stood for, what the church was about, what ushered people into the church. And a lot of times, you know, when we talk about sharing the good news, 
it's amazing how it transitions into, man, you got to come to my church. It's cool. Or, you know, we've got this really cool kids' kingdom program. Or we've got a great band. And we do have all those things. But ultimately, the thing that is the most important thing that we should be sharing is our changed life in Christ. The good news is the transforming power of the cross and that resurrection from the dead that changed our lives. And we all, as I've talked about it, we all have a story to share. And this is the thing that we should be talking about when it comes to preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 reads, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. You know, we see Paul's understanding of the significance of what took place for him at Calvary. The incredible sacrifice that took place. And he starts it out here in this passage, and he brings special attention to it as he talks about Of first importance. He really wanted people to understand what it was all about, first and foremost. Christ dying for our sins. The significance behind that. You know, why do we get together for church at midweek? Because of Christ? Changed lives, transformation, what Jesus has done for us personally? What's one of the focal points of our Sunday service? Communion. What's the significance with that? And this is something that has taken place through thousands of years, getting back and pointing to this very one thing of first importance, remembering what the cross is about, that Jesus Christ died for our sins. That's got to be the ultimate thing that we remember. You know, when it came to the punishment that we deserved, the price that we personally should have had to pay, that Jesus died for our sins. You know, we, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, we look at uh, 1, Corinthians 7, yeah, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 17 through 25. If you want to look on there with me. And we're going to take a look at here how Paul describes the message of the cross. In verse 17 it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Where are the wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom 
and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. You know, what's the primary thing that stands out in this passage in 1 Corinthians here? Is that the cross represents what? In their time, it was foolishness. I mean, you know, for the Greeks, the fact that a god would come down in human form, basically, with what they could see, powerless, when it came to how his life culminated, a god who's subjecting himself to punishment, a god subjecting himself to being whipped, mocked, spit on, a God that was willing to be sacrificed, to, to die on a cross, yet claiming that he had this power, you know, he could summon 12,000 angels, and he could do this, and he could do that, destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. It made absolutely no sense to the Greeks. And to the Jews, a Messiah, uh, this king, there's supposed to be a deliverer, born in a manger? I mean, come on, are, we, are you kidding us? You know, that he would die a criminal's death? And ultimately, what was the thing that the Jews were looking for? The restoration of the, Israel, of the nation of Israel. And, and this guy goes out in a whimper on a cross. That's the Messiah. So we can see that, that ultimately the cross represents foolishness unless there's that connection. Unless you understand God came down in human form. And this is the willingness that he was willing, this is what he was willing to subject himself to so that we could enter into a relationship with him. God's ways are different than ours. They're higher than ours. His plan from the beginning was to redeem us to himself, to a right relationship. And you look at what went into this. I mean, he tried by sending prophets to get their attention. He sent plagues. He sent punishment. He sent miracles. But nothing would get man's attention. So what does he do? I'm going to come right down amongst y'all as a man. And it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. But this is the extreme. This is what I'm willing to do so that you can enter into a relationship with me. You know, the teachings of Jesus went against everything that was normal for a leader or a king-like person. You know, some of the things that he talked about. You know, to be the greatest, you need to become a slave. You know, take up your cross daily. Give up everything to follow me. You'll be persecuted. And in light of some of the things that Jesus went through even prior to the cross, who in heaven's name is going to sign up for that? Cut it off. I causes his sin, gouge it out. But with that, let's take a look at the story of the cross for a minute. I need a couple people to help me with reading. There's three aspects of the cross that we're going to look at. We're all pretty familiar with this. You go through the, the book of Matthew, and I think it's good, you know, getting back to kind of us teaching it mode for a second here. It's good to frame this up for people so they can really envision what Jesus went through personally. 